0: Brian Ministries International presents Todd Talks, featuring Todd Edwards.
1: Heavenly Father, you are gracious, you are merciful, you are good, you are truthful, you are patient, you are kind. And you weep over the heavens and the earth today. You weep for your loss. You weep for the children who are fatherless. You weep for the widows. You weep for the confused, the blind, the deaf. And Father, we know that we were all of those things. until you placed your spirit in us and Yeshua placed his faith in us that we could love you because you first loved us. So we do not take this lightly, the beginning of our faith, and we do not hoard it in any way. But we pray this for all of mankind that none would be lost for we know that you poured out your life in all aspects to complete the exchange to buy us back without money so we rejoice in your power we rejoice in your life we rejoice in your kingdom We rejoice that you rose from the dead and are seated on the throne of heaven. We rejoice that you have the victory and that you are outside of time and that the victory is established and it will not move, but it will come to pass because you declared it. So I cry out to everyone And ask that your spirit would lift their heads and have their gaze upon you. May you be a hedge of protection round about us today. May you fill us with your spirit and faith. May your kingdom and your mountain come and be established upon this Bible study. May your presence be heavy. For we all gather around Mount Zion with the cloud of witnesses and rejoice in her. Celebrate your gathering of her children. And look forward to the day of your return. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Your establishment of your kingship upon the earth. So we declare your name throughout the Bible study and you as the great high priest, Yeshua HaMashiach. We place on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of shalom upon our feet, the shield of faith to quench the fiery arrows of the enemy. On behalf of all of your children, we stand in agreement. The helmet of salvation, the crown of glory. As our swords, we bathe them in heaven, for they are your word. We put on the cloak of zeal, the garments of vengeance, the armor of light. We place the glory of Yah upon our backs. We put on the breastplate of the lamb. We take up the sword of Phineas. And we put all of our individual armor on and weapons and ask that you would polish them and shine them with the living water. Thank you for writing our names in your book and your name upon our foreheads. May the word be alive today For the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Yeshua. May it enrich our hearts. May we have the mind of Yeshua. May our hearts be open to receive your word and bring you much fruit. Father, I pray that your word would be made clear. That we would be able to write the vision on a tablet and be able to run to others. I block any spirit of confusion or distraction, manipulation, any witchcraft, any jealousy, any envy, any deceit. Declare that you have no place here. I block all unholy prayers and any fleshly prayers that may come against us. We ask for a clean, pure spirit of living water to flow through our conversation today. We do not want to mix anything that is unholy with your holy word. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We give it all to you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Lindsay. Um, could you please unmute and share, please, um, what you shared with me? Sure. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Peter just
2: confirmed. Um, so I went to a, like, very small Woman for Trump event thing with my friend yesterday. And I do not follow politics closely, so I legitimately had no idea who was going to be there or what was going to be happening. But I very felt glad that I was supposed to be there. And, um, I thought that the like important people were there the whole time. And then, um, they all filed in and I immediately saw a black woman. I'm like, there's something that stands out about her. I feel like I'm supposed to give a word to her. I'm not really sure what it is, but as it was going, um, slavery kept coming into my head, the bond of slavery. And I had learned from Dr. Horner in, um, some courts of heaven sessions over our girls are black, that the slaves in America were never issued a certificate of freedom, and so they are still operating under that bond of slavery today, whereas in Britain, they were issued certificates. That's why racism is so heavy in America. And so I was just praying into that, like, if if I'm supposed to deliver this word, let it be an opportunity to be able to pass it by. Like, they were only there for 25 minutes, so any opportunity was going to be very, very Holy Spirit-led. Well, it just so happened I was able to walk past her really quickly, and um, her name was Katrina. That's all I knew. I knew she was Katrina, and she worked on his campaign. And so I walked past her, I put my hand on her, and I said, hey, I just want to deliver a, de- uh, deliver a word of the Lord for you. Um, the black people in America today were never given, or their ancestors were never given a certificate of freedom for slavery. They're still operating under that oppression today. I just wanted to deliver that word to you. And I walked away. But her face was like this big shock and she's you know i I didn't get any words out of her but it was like this shock and so i had to talk to a couple other people and said something something along those lines as well and nobody knew that i didn't know that either um but i got in my car afterwards and i actually looked up katrina trump campaign and then i realized who she was katrina pearson you know senior advisor whatever she does um and so I just started praying over that seed, that it would be planted and deeply rooted, that it would be delivered to whoever needs to receive it, because that's really something, regardless of who wins the election, that's something that America, American, you know, ancestors or slaves need to have is that certificate of freedom. And so as I was praying into that seed, I saw the Freemason compass, um, whatever it is, come up. And I was just speaking against it. Like, you have no place here. You may not penetrate this. This is a seed delivered from the Lord. It's going to be deeply rooted and planted where it needs to be planted. Now just speaking right through it. And it never left. But the the seed was able to get through. And that's kind of where I felt led to leave it at that point. That's all.
1: Thank you, Lindsay. And the reason that I'm bringing that up for everybody, and here's the context of today in Isaiah 54. Uh, I, and this is why it ties in with what Lindsay said. So, Lindsay, thank you. Uh, Isaiah 54 is going to uncover the root of Freemasonry. Um, shockingly, uh, I, as I was going through this uh, the past couple of weeks, it, it was like uh, I was putting together this, this puzzle and then this morning, God said, "Flip it now," and I flipped it, and I was like, "Oh, that's what that is." And we're going to go through a lot of scriptures, a lot of scriptures, and that's why I'm thinking this is going to be a little bit long. Uh, but we might be uncovering a root and destroying a root that maybe hasn't been done before. I know that a lot of folks have dug into Freemasonry. That's not what we're going to do. We understand a lot of the spiritual components of it, and people have broken off a lot of that. That's not what we're going to do. We're actually going to do something really different. And when Lindsay shared that with me, uh, it just so happened that the timing was this, um, the same, and thought ah, yeah, yeah, yep, that's going to happen. And then your testimonies are all in sync together. So there's a lot going on. Therefore, off we go. Um, where where does Freemasonry always point back to as its origin? Throw it. Throw your thoughts in the chat. Where does it point back to in its origin? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a whole, whole bunch of things in there. So the this, this symbol, in, and uh, Lindsay brought up the symbol of the compass. The compass, Freemasonry, tied back to Solomon's temple, which he supposedly pulled back from Egypt, pulled out of Egypt. And it is the false architect. So there, are all, all of those links. And the manifestation, really, in the earth, and they keep pointing back to is Solomon's temple. And, of course, that has roots somewhere else, but he kind of culminated in Solomon's temple. So keep that in mind. Um, This is not where I was planning on going with Isaiah 54, but Yahweh just did a complete flip on me. Uh, At the end of Isaiah, the very last verse, and we'll start actually in Isaiah 54, verse 17, we'll start there because this is in the context of what's going on. Uh, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of Yahuwah, and, the, and their righteousness is of me, says Yahuwah. So we quote this, this verse all the time, but we're going to see the context of who this is for, and what wep- and then when we understand who it's for, We're actually going to understand that this weapon that is formed against us is Freemasonry. That's the weapon, and we're gonna—it's gonna unfold. So we're gonna have to go through a lot of scriptures to build this up, and uh, you're 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 gonna—you're gonna see this. So hang in there with me on this. Zion has a covenant of peace, also. And I want to share this because this is important to think through this. Zion has a covenant of peace uh, that, um, verse 10, so Isaiah fifty four ten, For the mountain shall depart, the hills shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you. Neither the covenant of my peace shall be removed, says Yahuwah, that has mercy upon you. So Zion has a covenant of peace, and we're going to see how that came about and what the reference is. And I will share with you that part of the reason for the covenant of peace given to Zion, that she'll never go away, is because Zion did not mix holy with unholy. And we share, we've talked a little bit about that in the past couple weeks. Now, more than ever, and each day going forward, in our individualizing collectively, we need to be on a path of righteousness, a path of holiness. And Freemasonry, of course, is the opposite. So we're going to uncover this whole thing. Uh, Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren, you that did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you that did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says Yahuwah. Now, in my Bible, my King James Bible, I happen to have a title that was inserted in there had nothing to do with the scriptures, but it was inserted by the interpreters and the translators. It says God loves Israel. I don't know if you guys have that, but blank that out. That's not true. Not that God doesn't love Israel. It's not true about this chapter. This chapter is not about Israel. It's about Zion. And that's what we're going to get into. And it's going to uncover this whole thing. So, what's saying O barren, you did not bear? Now, Israel bore 12 tribes, but it's not about Israel. Zion's shame was being bare. Zion in heaven never bore her children on the earth. She was barren. And what Yah is saying in Isaiah 54, going back to Isaiah, Isaiah 49, Zion saying, what about me? The barrenness is going to change. But up until now, she's barren. That's a really strange thought, because we've always thought, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of things that have happened on the earth, but yet Zion is bare here. No No kids. And you that did not travail with the child, Zion never had kids. What does that mean? And there are more children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. So Zion is married. This is all very confusing. <laughs> so Todd, what does it have to do with Freemasonry? <laughs> so Zion is married and Zion has no kids. That's the setup. We're going to read the next several verses so we can put this, some of this in context. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of the inhabitation, your inhabitations. Spare not, lengthen the cords, and stretch forth the stakes. For you shall break forth on the right hand and the left. Your seed shall inherit the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. So what's happening is Zion never have kids, and yet God's promise is get ready, open up your tents, because you're about to have a lot of them. It's very similar to Abraham and Sarah when he said to Abraham and Sarah, you're barren, you have no kids, but get ready because your kids will be like the stars of heaven without number. That's what he's declaring to Zion. This will lead us to defining the daughter of Zion and the daughter of Jerusalem and the daughters of of Jerusalem. Because all of these things are really different and they're really subtle. So we're going to have to break them apart and then we're going to see. It's going to open eyes. Verse 4. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed, neither shall you be confounded. For you shall not be put to shame, for you shall forget the shame of your youth and shall not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Here's the key to understanding this. Zion's shame of her youth was barrenness. Zion on the earth was not birthed. We hinted at this a little bit before. David set up Fort Zion. He established this. Jerusalem was different. Fort Zion was different than Jerusalem. Let's recap. Second Samuel. Here we go with the scriptures. Second Samuel. Chapter five. Nevertheless, um, uh, verse seven. Second Samuel five seven. Nevertheless. David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. And as David said on that day, whosoever gets up to the gutter, he goes on. Verse 9, so David dwelt in the fort, Mount Zion, and he called it the city of David. And David built round about it from Milo inward. And he goes on, and then Jerusalem is then around Mount Zion, the fort. 1st Chronicles 11 First Chronicles 11 We're already starting to take the word and divide asunder truth and truth truth and lies Zion on earth is different than Jerusalem on earth 1st Chronicles 11 verse 5 And the inhabitants of Jebus this is This is where they were the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the Jebusites, said to David, you shall not come here. Nevertheless, David took the castle of Zion, which is called the city of David. So there's something different about that. Now look at 1 Kings chapter 8. 1 Kings chapter 8. Verse 1, David's dead, Solomon's now king. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of Yahuwah out of the city of David, which is Zion. So Solomon, when he had finished the construction of the temple took the ark which dwelt in Zion, the city of David, and then brought it to Jerusalem, two different places, two different places. So what was happening is David sets up Fort Zion on the earth. Zion is then the, the seedling or the, the, it's like the, the, the blueprint of what's in, in the heavens is supposed to then happen on the earth. And Zion is supposed to be birthed onto the earth, but it never happens, and this is the barrenness, because Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, and immediately Zion was not birthed in Jerusalem. Why? Because if God wants to have Zion represented on earth, it's not going to be a temple filled with false idols. which. Jerusalem was. Zion never got birth. Zion was bare. It was bare. So all of David's time, Zion is hanging out in Zion, in Zion, in the fort. And then he wasn't allowed to build the temple. Solomon builds the temple. Immediately, he brings all of his mess in. And Zion's like, no way. I'm not birthing holy into unholy. So it was barren. Zion's desire to have children on the earth is there, but immediately it was cut off. Now there's another parallel that I want to to explain here. Yeshua marries his people. He's also married to Zion because Zion is his people. There's layers that we got to remember. So Zion, he's married to Zion and then he's married to his people and his people go within Zion. Zion is also married to the land. So there's several things, several relationships that we also have to tease apart a little bit. And I know that's, that's, when you start digging into it, it seems confusing on the surface. We're going to bring all this together, and all of this is going to be architecture for us that's going to explain Zion. So Zion's shame of her youth was barrenness. Zion on earth was never birthed. David sets up Fort Zion, and immediately afterwards, Solomon builds his temple in Jerusalem. It's not Zion. Earthly Zion and earthly Jerusalem are not the same. Zion had a desire to have children on the earth. The parallel. Is that Zion is a city to be inhabited in the spirit, and her daughter was supposed to be Jerusalem. It was supposed to be Jerusalem, to be like Zion inhabited on the earth. Because his will is supposed to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Same thing as Moses. Moses built the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle like the pattern after heaven. Zion was supposed to be birthed into Jerusalem after the pattern like in heaven. It never was. And that's why when we first talked about cities, and we said, God's people are looking for a city made without hands. But Satan makes cities with hands. Solomon made a city, Jerusalem, with hands. Instead of establishing it after the pattern of the heavens. Made without hands. Okay? So real important to understand. His will, though, will be done, Zion, as we're going to see in 54, on earth. But it's not going to happen in full until the last days. And I think part of what's happening right now in us and all around the world is Zion is in the process of being birthed on the earth. Zechariah. No, 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 us Yeah, let's, let's go there first. Zechariah 14. To show you what I'm talking about <clears throat> with the birthing of this new city physically on the earth, it describes Yeshua's return. Zechariah 14, verse 3. He gathers everybody to battle in physical Jerusalem today. Then you shall... Then shall Yahuwah go forth, fight against those nations, and when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a great valley, and half the mountain shall remove toward the north and toward the south. Ooh, this is going to be good. Um, So he comes down, and... The mountain splits. Now, why would the mountain split when he returns? Because Zion is located in the south. To the north, Solomon built Jerusalem in the temple. Yeshua is going to stand right in the Mount of Olives, and it's going to split in Jerusalem where it is today, is going to be removed from Mount Zion, and he's going to move it so far, in fact, by the cities, it's approximately 40 miles, back to Peter's 40. And then he will establish the true Jerusalem, start all over again, and Zion's going to birth herself into Jerusalem on earth. The old Jerusalem that we sit today will actually be pushed 40 miles away. That's how serious this is. That's Zechariah 14. That's going to lead us to understanding of when to be on the sides of the north. And why Satan says, I want to sit in the congregation in the north. We're going to get to that too. Daughters of Jerusalem. I think we need to understand this a little bit. Isaiah, as I'm going through this, Isaiah is all about Yeshua, and it's all about Zion. From chapter 1 to chapter 66. So Isaiah chapter 1. We need to understand, we're still laying out some definitions here and getting some, some framework. Isaiah chapter 1. Right in the beginning. Verse 8. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 8. He's talking about children. He's talking about Israel, but he's also talking about something else. Isaiah one eight, and the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers. That must be like re- really descriptive. I don't understand that. As a besieged city. So immediately he declares that the daughter of Zion, it's barren. It's empty. Isaiah 20, uh, verse one, uh, chapter 1, keep going, verse 21. How is the faithful city become a harlot? He's talking about Jerusalem now. So the faithful city was supposed to be Zion on earth. It's Now he's differentiating it's Jerusalem. It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Jump ahead to verse 26. And I will restore judges as the first, and your counselors as the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment, and her converts with righteousness. Meaning that Jerusalem was supposed to be this great city. It was supposed to be Zion on earth. And now Zion's going to be redeemed when Jerusalem gets healed up. Isaiah 3, verse 16. Moreover, Yahweh says, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk and stretch forth, with stretch forth necks, wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go and making tinkling with their feet. Jump ahead to verse twenty five now, because it keeps going. Your men shall fall by the sword, your mighty uh, men in war, and her gates meaning the daughters of Zion, or her daughters of Jerusalem, shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit on the ground. So now here's the definition of daughters of Zion when you put it in the daughters of Jerusalem when you put it in context. So Zion was supposed to have her daughter on earth, which was to be Jerusalem. And then daughters, plural, were supposed to be the cities that were going to be replicated with Zion made without hands, holy people, the holy remnant, living in these cities in a holy covenant with God, but it never got birthed. So now these are all waste cities. That's why he, Isaiah 54 differentiates there are plenty of children from the desolate. They're waste cities. That's the offspring. Those are now the daughters of Zion. They're not her daughter. But like what Satan does all the time, he does an awful, evil copy of what God's plans are. So when we see daughters of Jerusalem and daughters of Zion, they, those are not belonging to Zion. Those are the offspring of of the woman that's not married. Real important to understand. Isaiah 4. Isaiah is just going after this nonstop. Um, uh, in that day, verse 2. In that day shall the branch of Yahweh, the beautiful and the glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent, comely. So we're talking about in that day. Verse 3. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion, he that remains in Jerusalem, so those that are holy scattered throughout the earth that are living in Zion as we are, and then those that are in Jerusalem shall be called holy in everyone that is written amongst the living in Jerusalem. That's after he has cleaned house in Jerusalem. When the master, or Adonai, shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. That ties to Zechariah's time frame and the last day of atonement. So at that point in time, he's going to cleanse Jerusalem, and then he's going to cleanse all the cities that were supposed to be birthed from Jerusalem, which was supposed to be Zion. So now Zion is actually living in individuals like us. But it actually was supposed to be a collection of cities coming from the main city being Jerusalem, but it never happened. Okay. More Isaiah. Isaiah 10. Because I want you to see how much of Isaiah is about Zion and Yeshua. It's the same. Not the same, but it's a book. It's Yeshua, Isaiah Zion. Yeshua, Zion. Yeshua, Zion. nonstop. Um, Isaiah 10, verse 32. And yet he shall remain at Nob that day. He shall take his hand, the mountain or the mount of the daughter of Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. Very clear now. Jerusalem was supposed to be the daughter of Zion, but she was never born because Zion is barren. It's the shame of her youth. um isaiah 40 goes on to talk about that oh comfort you zion um isaiah 62 um jeremiah 6 when he's talking about uh the destruction of jerusalem is the same parallel language i mean it's over and over and over again so now if we understand that zion was a fort it was the blueprint that was placed onto the earth to replicate then the city of zion And from there, it was supposed to be launched into Jerusalem, but it never did. Here we go. it now makes sense that the city being judged in Revelation 18, 17 and 18, is not necessarily Vatican City. It's not necessarily New York City. But what got birth? bed of holy Zion. And where did it get birth? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Satan birthed Jerusalem. It was not supposed to be. Now when we understand the judgment upon the city, it makes sense. It's the parallel unholy parallel of Zion. You have Yah's Zion, and you have Satan's Babylon city. Parallel. So now Babylon has her children. And there's a lot more children of Babylon There's uh, than the children of the Baron married Zion. This explains, I think going back, uh, Dan, Dan shared this with me. I don't know if he shared it um, in, in, in public setting, but he said, I see this. Babylon is not just a country. Babylon is not just a spirit. It's this. It's the unholy version of Zion. It's the birthplace and the structure of of all of the inhabitants of the children of Satan. And it was birthed in Jerusalem. Thank you, Solomon. Now, let's get back to the sides of the north thing. Because now I think it becomes even clearer when we understand this. So, uh, Psalm 48. Psalm 48. Verse 1, great is Yahuwah and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of holiness. Beautiful for situation. So this is now in the heavens. Remember, we're supposed to see the pattern of the heaven and then replicate it on the earth. In the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the great city of our king. Zion on earth, Mount Zion, the fort, was south of where Solomon built the temple. He built the temple to the north of Zion. David is seeing that there's Zion the mountain of his holiness, and then you have the situation, or on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. So you have the city of the great queen, Zion, the married wife, and then in the heavens you have on the north side the city of the great king. This is what's happening in heaven. The king is north, Yeshua. Zion is south. On earth, you had the Fort Zion, and then Jerusalem was supposed to be inhabited by the king on the north. So now go to Isaiah 14. You can see how all of this was sabotaged. Everything was sabotaged. These are the birth pains that we're feeling as all of this is about to change. Isaiah 14. Look what this stinker says. Verse 13, Isaiah fourteen thirteen. Satan is speaking. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of El. I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. He wants to sit in the place of the king. On earth, he wants to sit in Jerusalem, the north side of Mount Zion. That's why I spent so much time separating out Zion from Jerusalem. Zion was barren. So who takes over Jerusalem? That's the side of the north. And he set his throne on the side of the north in Solomon's temple. Back to Isaiah 54. <clears throat> now this is starting to make some more sense in verse 4. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed, neither shall you be confounded. For you shall not be put to shame. Why is Zion feeling so much shame? Shame, Because you shall, forget, you shall forget the shame of your youth, meaning you were destined, you were about to. It was like you were put on display by David to be birth, and you never gave birth. And you shall remember the approach of your widowhood anymore. What? Wait a minute. I thought Zion was married. In fact, the next verse says, for your maker is your husband. So she's married and yet she's widowed. Here's where the tie is in the spirit. is because she's supposed to be married to the land. How do I know that? Because when we go to Isaiah 62, verse 4, when it's talking about Zion, because Isaiah 62.1 says, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. We jump ahead to Isaiah 62.4, for you shall no more be termed forsaken, neither your land shall be called desolate. But then, Yahweh will, will say, delight in you, and your land shall be married. Right now, the land's not married. So what, what's uh, Yah going to do? Yeshua is going to come onto the earth. When he comes onto the earth and puts his feet on the earth, He's going to split existing Jerusalem from Mount Zion and then establish real Jerusalem, which will be the daughter of Zion, and then it gets married. So Zion is a widow right now in her relationship to the earth. She has no place. Jerusalem that was birthed, that was supposed to be married to her, died instantly. You guys are now starting to see how now Freemasonry is starting to kind of play this thing out where the the birthing of Babylon onto the earth not just in the spirit, not just into all of these 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 countries and, and, and empires because Babylon actually takes place after what, what's happening with, with Solomon, but Babylon. The counter of Zion now is birthed, And the Freemasons say, that's where we were born. We don't get this because we don't understand the difference between Jerusalem and Zion on the earth, but now we do. We don't understand the difference of all these daughters of Zion and daughters of Jerusalem, but now we do. So what's happening is we're exposing this. It's all getting exposed today. Um, To to prove to you um, about the the shame and the widowhood, let's dig into the words a little bit. So reproach. First mention of reproach is from Genesis 30. Again, I ne- I'd never want you to take my word for it. That's why I go through so many scriptures to try, to try to show this to you, and then the word becomes alive in all of our hearts. And all I'm doing is I'm just pointing you to your own hearts where the word is written. So the first mention of Genesis 30, our f- first mention of reproach is in Genesis 30 verse 23. And it's talking about uh, <clears throat> talking about Rachel. And Genesis 30, verse 23 says, and she conceived and bare a son, which was Joseph, and said, God has taken away my reproach. So taking away reproach also has to do with barrenness. So we see that in Zion. The word widowhood that's used there in Isaiah 54, 4, is only used three other times. And I'm not going to go through all the scriptures, but um, each time in Genesis 38, It's talking about the birthing of Judah's offspring, and Judah, of course, is tied to Jerusalem. And then the other time in 2 Samuel, it's tied to Jerusalem. So what widowhood is tied to in all four cases, including Isaiah 54-4, is Judah and Jerusalem every single time. So you have reproach, being barren, and Judah and Jerusalem all tied together. There is a parallel passage in Jeremiah 11, um, 9 to 19, that's incredible. But just for the sake of time, I'm going to keep going. And, mm, yeah, I have to keep going. Um, but that, that has some things about uh, Yeshua and the tree, and the tree is a witness, and the tree has to be burned, and it's tied to Zion. It's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So that's the reproach. That's the widowhood now that's described in Isaiah for Zion in Isaiah 54.4. So now let's keep going isaiah 54 5 clearly yah is zion's husband does that now i also like to point out just kind of different exact example of layers for your maker is your husband Yahweh saboth is his name now look at this and your redeemer the holy one of israel elohim of the whole earth so there's all kinds of titles in you and you think oh, okay what are you talking about that so, so maker is your husband yahuwah saboth is his name now look at these three parallels now he describes with us the redeemer of the Rede your redeemer zion so zion has to be redeemed think about the layers of yeshua on the cross he redeems us he redeems the earth he redeems zion he redeems a whole bunch of things. It's so deep that's ha- what happens on the cross. So you have in, the, in these parallels, Yahuwah Saboth, which is the host of heavens or the armies of heavens. So there's the layers of the heavens. You have the redeemer of Israel, his people, and then you have the Elohim of the earth. So he's giving us three different titles for earth, people, heaven, in that order. People are the interface between heaven and earth. I just, little things in there that are, are, are really pretty, pretty amazing. Um, let's keep going. Cause I, I we're, we're, st- there's still big chunks here that we have not pulled together yet. Um, verse six for Yahweh has called you a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. Shannon, this is almost like what you were feeling and a wife of the youth when you were refused because she was barren. And now he's going to explain she was refused because she was barren, but it wasn't her fault. Verse 7, for a small moment have I forsaken you, but with great mercies will I gather you. In a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy upon you, says Yahuwah, your redeemers I am. For this is as the waters of Noah to me, and as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I would not be wroth with you, nor rebuke you. For the mountain shall depart. The hills, this is a hint of Zechariah 14, shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says Yahuwah that has mercy on you. I want to talk a little bit about the covenant of peace, because there's a covenant of peace that's referred to, and Isaiah is pulling from that to give us a clear picture of what happened to Zion when she was refused. It's really, a, a, it's an incredible little picture here. Turn to Numbers 25. Numbers 25. And the setting is that uh, Israel is, is wandering the land, and they come to the Midianites. And the Midianites and the Moabites, uh, and there's a mix. And the mix is uh, an analogy of holy mixing with unholy. And God said, don't do that. Because they're all, this is all Canaanite blood. Stay pure, Israel. And they didn't do that. So Numbers 25, verse 11. Now, Pinhas the son of Eleazar the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my wrath away from the children of Israel when he was zealous for my sake among them, that I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Yahweh Kana. Wherefore, behold, I give him the covenant of peace. My covenant of peace. He gives this to Peneus. It's like a very random thing. And what did Peneus just do? He just took a spear and drove it through these two individuals that one was an Israelite and one was a Midianite. And he gives him the covenant of peace for that. There was a plague starting to break out into the land and his wrath was going to come. And Peneus said, I know what to do. I'll kill him. (laughs) Killed him. Oh, good job. Peneus, you get the covenant of peace. (laughs) That was his reward. But there's more to the story. Verse 13, And he shall have it, and his seed after him, the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because it was, he was zealous for his Elohim, and made atonement for the children of Israel. Now, this is a different atonement than Aaron's atonement, and a different atonement than Yeshua's final uh, fulfillment of the atonement. Now, the name of the Israelite, whenever you see names like this, you got to pay attention. And Isaiah talked about the covenant of peace given to Zion, that he'll never forget it. Here's the covenant of peace now. It's highlighted. Verse 14. Now, the name of the Israelite that was slain, even that was slain was a Midish, uh, with the midianite woman, was Zimri, the son of Selu, the prince of the chief house amongst the Simeonites. And the name of the midianite woman that was slain, Kozbi, the daughter of Zer, who is the head over a people in the chief house of Midian. So what's going on with these names? Well, first of all, this, because it's in Isaiah 54 and talking about Zion, is also a parallel of the children of Zion and the children of Babylon. They were worshiping, when they got together, the Midianites and the Israelites, bel Peor they brought in this false idol the false idol's name in hebrew means the lord of the opening so they were opening themselves up zion was opening itself up to the city of babylon they were doing unholy mixing phineas aaron begot eleazar we got Peneus. If you string those names together, we always get some message. Here's the message. The light bringer is our helper, and from his mouth is compassion. So Peneus, the light bringer is our helper, and from his mouth is compassion. It immediately think, makes me think about Psalm 2, kiss the sun. And he will, and the kissing, we've talked about this before, is an equipping. And Psalm 2 is about why do the heathen or the Nathans rage against Yah and against his anointed? So this is a battle of the children of Yah, the city of Zion, the children of Satan, the city of Babylon. So that's that's, um, that's, um, Peneus. So now Zimri, who is the male... Who died? This is what his name means. So, Zimri begot Salu. Uh, Simeon begot Salu begot Zimri. Here's the string of their names now together. Discernment gave weight or authority to my praise. What is? What are you talking about? He was given the ability to discern the weight or the importance of praise to God. That was given to Israel. If you praise him, there's actually a lot of authority and a weight in that. But what did he do with that? He went after Midian, who gave birth to Zer, who was the Lady Cosby. And what does all that mean? Contention with Yah aggressively went after or besieges lies so the weight or discernment given to israel actually decided to contend in strife and aggressively go after lies keneas comes in the middle as a representative of yeshua and brings back compassion through speaking the truth. We see the same thing now with Zion. Is what we're doing is we have Zion did not give birth because of this lie, these lies that were brought in and mixed unholy already with it should have been a place of praise. It should have had discernment of the weight of God's praise. And yet it mixed it with the lies of Satan and its children. So when the covenant of peace comes in, it's because Yeshua comes in with compassion as the light bearer. And what do we see in Isaiah 14, what we read with him wanting to be on the sides of the north? He's described as Lucifer, the light bearer, the false light bearer. So all of this is really riding in parallel all over the place. Isaiah 54 again. I'm just pointing out some of these things as we're building all this together. Verse 11, <clears throat> O you afflicted, again, back to Zion, fifty four eleven, tossed with a tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with fair colors and lay your foundation with sapphires, and I will make your windows of a gate, your, your gates of carbuncles, and all your borders of pleasant stones. What does this remind you of? It reminds you of New Jerusalem. So what he's declaring into Zion is no don't worry I know you're bare but get ready because I'm about to bring a whole bunch of children in and how did he bring the whole bunch of children it was the chapter before that we went into the details of Yeshua Yeshua was the one that was going to redeem all the children for Zion so now Zion get ready and keep in mind my covenant of peace with you has never gone away in fact just like I will never destroy the earth with a flood, I am always going to keep my peace covenant with peace with you. And remember that you're going to be clothed like this. And he's describing Revelation 21. You will be clothed like this. Verse 12. Oh, I already did verse 12. Um, so all the children are going to be like this. Verse 14. And in righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear and from terror. Again, he's talking to Zion. He's not talking to Jerusalem. He's not talking to Israel. He's talking to Zion. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Why does he not do it by him? He actually wants us in free will to come into agreement with Zion. Whosoever shall gather together against you shall fall for their sake. Behold, I have created this... Oh, I'm going to stop right there for a second. So this is what's happening with Zion being bare and yet being widowed. And the widowing is a decoupling from the earth. But yet Yah is still married to Zion. Daughters of Jerusalem and daughter of Jerusalem refer to The daughter of Jerusalem was supposed to be birthed from Zion, was not, was actually birthed from Babylon. And then the daughters, plural, were supposed to be multiple cities that were to be spread out. And what God describes them in Isaiah is they are waste cities because they were never birthed from Zion. And what we are to do is we are supposed to repair the breach, rebuild the waste cities and the former desolations. Because all of the earth was supposed to be ours, and we were supposed to inhabit it as cities made without hands. All right? So all of that, crystal clear. I also think that's why, in parallel, Paul talks about living in the Spirit, the children of the Spirit, and the children of the flesh in Romans and Galatians. So you have the children of Zion, and you have the children of Babylon. All of that's in parallel as well. So I'm reading through all of this. I'm thinking, okay, I get it. This is um, Zion. These are this, Now I understand Zion and Babylon. I understand now children of uh, Zion, children of Babylon. I understand the daughter of Jerusalem, daughters of Jerusalem, uh, uh, plural. And then we come to verse 16 and 17, and this is where I started to do a flip. This is where I started to do a flip. This seems so random. I know God's word's never random, but all of a sudden, boom, this gets thrown in. Verse 16 Behold, I created the smith that blows the coals in the fire and that brings forth an instrument for his work. And the King James says this, and I have created the waster to destroy. Now, it really should be, I have created the destroyer to bring forth. Very strange. Like birth. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of Yah, and their righteousness is of me, says Yahuwah. So I was meditating on this the other day, and I had kind of one application immediately that kind of came forth that day. But I was meditating on it some more and then I realized the destroyer is the same one that was sent by Yah to Egypt to free his people. And the weapons that are formed against us are to keep us in bondage. The destroyer has weapons made by a smith. These are new weapons. And earlier this week, Holy Spirit told me to say, or told, told me to do, is, said, oh, is it like a blacksmith or a silversmith making weapons out of iron out of silver or out of gold said no use the heavenly elementals that's the substance which i need the destroyer's weapons to be made out of and i'm reading through this about zion i'm like wow so zion is going to have the destroyer fight on her behalf and on behalf of all of her kids to come out of Babylon, now it's starting to make sense, out of Babylon, my people. Come out of her. Come out of what? The city. The unholy city. The unholy city that has birthed Freemasonry. The unholy city who's tied to Zionism and the earth who's tied to all of the financial systems in the earth. That's what we're tied into, and he is once again sending the destroyer forth. And he's going forth with heavenly elementals as substance made from the weapons that the smith is creating. And I was thinking about this, and then it hit me today, this is the exposure of the root of free basinry, and that is, that's when the city of Babylon got birthed, and it actually came in Jerusalem in Solomon's temple. So, almost everything that we have seen has gotten so melded together. And we can talk about geographic Israel and Zionist Israel. We can talk about Israel and Judah and all of these interminglings. But we've never really talked about how the city of Babylon has taken over the name of the city of Zion. And Jerusalem going back to Solomon, has taken over all of the attributes and the promises to to the body of Christ as the daughter of Zion should have been but never was birthed. So all of the Freemasonry stuff starts taking on all of the aspects that were supposed to be Zion on earth. And what happened in the Temple of Solomon, he had all of the false idols in there. And look at Freemasonry. It has all of the religions in there. There's a little bit of Christianity mixed in with a little bit of Judaism mixed in with a little bit of Islam mixed in with a little bit of Baha'i mixed in. Yep, 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 you know, all these different things. And then, of course, at the root of it, when you get higher levels, it's, it's Lucifer who wants to sit on the sides of the north in Jerusalem. He's seated in Jerusalem right now. And isn't it like God saying, you, know, you want to sit there? All right, I'm just going to move the whole place 40 miles north. <laughs> you want to go north? Here, go 40 miles north. And now I'll establish Jerusalem truly with Zion being birthed in it. This is the exposure of the root of Freemasonry is being birthed in Solomon's temple not from Port Zion but where the Jebusite's were made with hands not without hands. So this week I was praying through this and making the weapons. And this morning he said, now flip the whole thing upside down. I didn't even think about Freemasonry until this morning. He said, flip the whole thing around. And he said, that now is the root of Freemasonry. So Isaiah 54 describing who Zion is and differentiating it to me from Jerusalem as Zion was barren and widowed. Now all of a sudden, flip it around on the other side, so what's Satan doing on the opposite side? He's the one that birthed a false Zion and then took all the things with it. That's why the Pharisees said, oh, no, 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 no. We're the keepers. We're the oracles of the word. We're the keepers of the temple. Because they were his children, and Yeshua called them out for that because their father was Satan, because they were birthed from Babylon, which was birthed in Jerusalem 1000 uh, 1000 BC. No wonder after Solomon, Israel had to be split apart. No wonder after Solomon, Israel had to be removed from the land. All of this is really tying together. So when we close in prayer, we're going to release the destroyer. We're going to release the destroyer upon that root. And that root is the truth. Now we understand the truth of where this was all birthed. We understand the root of Zion and unholy Zion, which is Babylon. And it was birthed. In the place that zion should have been birthed and i think that is going to have effects not only in our lives but also what's going to happen in the earth we've been talking about zion for bible study after bible study and we're building this whole picture and now this takes place in isaiah 54. what happens after isaiah 54 from like 55 to 58 is now the identification and the call to the children. You've been redeemed in Isaiah 53. The structure has been identified of who Zion is before. Now we have more details to Zion in 54. God slips uh, over I, uh, Isaiah 54 to us, on uh, uh, Zion, to show us the, the anti-Zion, which is Babylon, the city of Babylon, and she gets judged at the end. And now we move on to Isaiah 55 to 58, which talks about the kids coming home. I want to pause before we close in prayer. Anybody feel led to, I have not been keeping up with the comments. Anybody feel led to say something in this context at all? yes
0: dan christian hey todd good morning um great job i um i was listening with great interest and um you know there's just a couple of things that were going through my head as i was listening to you number one and I made this comment in the chat when I was doing my dive into exposing Kabbalah. One of the things that came out was that the city of Jerusalem was an outstanding candidate for the Babylon of Revelation 17 and 18. I mean... If you go and do a study on what all those scriptures suggest about Babylon and the kind of putrid filth that comes forth from there and everything else, and you look at behind the scenes, it's like, nope, nope, that fits. It fits as good, if not better, the New York or Vatican or any of these other places. And so that was, when when you suggested that, I was like, well, yeah. You know, and if, one of the things that I've connected Two is the idea that they do have like a spiritual template of Babylon and hollow earth that projects up into the surface worlds, But Jerusalem seems to be really an epicenter. And it's like they wanted it to be an epicenter for a long time. As a matter of fact, the Crusades were about the Roman Catholic Church trying to acquire Jerusalem from the Muslims in order for them to do Their plan um, from that city because it is a, uh, you know, you have to understand ley lines and um, geographies, but it it is literally like the epicenter of virtually every ley line in the planet. They all converge on Jerusalem. It's a really big deal. And furthermore, what people need to understand connected to what you're saying, is this is why, you know, they have a council of 13 that is a hybrid council of 13 that meets in Jerusalem. And where do they meet? They meet under the Temple Mount. what And what do they do there? Well, they have, one, a portal to Babylon that's been, like, hollow earth Babylon that's been reported to me from more than one source. But two, uh, they are summoning parts of survivors, uh, literally children of Freemasons and a lot of other cult groups and secret sites from all over the world constantly. And they go to that temple mount um, underneath and receive programming from the council of 13. That's there. That's highly in line with the end times viewpoint as declared by dispensationalism. And, 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 and so these soul parts are flying back to people with all kind of pro Zionist, uh, propaganda that's being, you know, deeply embedded in the subconscious. And, and these are a lot of so called Christians sitting in the Christian church. The, they are survivors being programmed with this. So it's not just a battle of teaching. Like th- this kind of a message is very hard to put forth because it rubs up against deep programming. And people want to fight back at it with everything in their being because. It's not just an idea or concept that's being challenged, it's programming that's being challenged. Mm-hmm. And um, so, 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 yes, I mean, the, uh, the, the <laughs> criminals working behind what we see as present day Jerusalem are undeniable. And it connects to Kabbalah because Kabbalah is, you know, Kabbalah is bringing about what they call Meshiach ben Yosef, which is what our Bible calls Antichrist. And where do they want to seat him? Well, where the Temple Mount used to be. The north. (laughs) In Jerusalem, where the temple. Like, you know, and so you see all the connections. Satan is going to sit there for a little bit uh, with his anointed Antichrist um, as his uh, his fit extension. So, you know, uh, I, I really appreciated this study, Todd. I think you did a great job bringing forth some, ideas and concepts that I hadn't even considered so great work I'm done
1: thank you for sharing yeah that 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 was really good that tied a lot of your work together the survivors what they're they're going through and and you know what what I shared was not necessarily new but it may have been new in the scriptures to kind of un, un, unravel it and it supports what Dan and survivors have already been going to. So I, that that's great confirmation. First of all, the summary of Freemasonry, based on what we just described and are read and uh, studied Isaiah fifty four, is anti-Zion. Isn't that ironic? Is what they say being Zionists? They're actually anti-Zion. Just just like the Antichrist is Antichrist. He's the anti-Messiah. Freemasonry is anti-Zion because they're all about the city of Babylon. That's the summary. Somewhere up right there, that's Freemasonry. Anti-Zion. Second thing, here's another example, and I'm glad you brought this up, Candace. Um, everybody please turn to First Kings chapter 3. This is how subtle this stuff gets into us. This has been woven into us over the centuries, over the millennial. So just like we got confused about Jerusalem and Zion are the same thing on earth and they're not. Zion never was birthed into Jerusalem. Solomon was never given wisdom. The spirit of wisdom gets a bad rap because of Solomon. And Solomon never asked for wisdom. Oh boy, so there's another one. 1 Kings 3. Again, my Bible's title of the whole passage says Solomon asked for wisdom. No, he did not. We're going to read it. 1 Kings chapter 3. Verse 8. And your servant is in the midst. Solomon talking to him about himself as a servant. In the midst of your people, speaking to Yah, which you have chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude, give therefore your servant an understanding heart, what is it, to judge your people that I may discern between good and bad. That's what he asked for. He just wanted to know what's good, what's bad. He never asked for wisdom. Wisdom is the spirit closest on the menorah to the spirit of Yahuwah. We're supposed to be moving in wisdom. Exactly, Paul and Chen. He asked for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. (laughs) And that root. So he could come in and say, yep, that's bad, that's good. It didn't give him, though, the wisdom or the heart to follow obedience and to follow that which is good. So there you go again. now with the root being birthed in the temple, being birthed the city of Babylon, which is the city of anti-Zion. I'm going to pray, and then uh, I'll open it up again. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your truth. I pray that anything that was not of you, anything that was of my flesh, is blown away that it didn't even exist in time. Wipe it all clear from our minds Wipe it all clear from anything that was declared. We don't want anything but your holy stream of living water. Anything but your truth. And I repent from bringing anything that was of my manipulation of your word. And Father, anything that was of you, that was sent to tear down false doctrines, May it have its effects with gentleness and compassion. Anything that was of you to be sent to build up faith and courage and strength, may it be done with your fingers and your hand and your strong right arm. We want to be known as the children of the most high in the earth. And we know that your double-edged sword, which is your word, must come and divide between spirit and soul and bone and marrow and goes into the thoughts and our intents of our heart. So we voluntarily... Ask for more refiner's fire. We ask that you would not only examine our hearts, but examine our understanding, our knowledge, our wisdom. Examine any false doctrines that have been placed in us. Examine any false altars, false thrones in our heart. We only want one, and that's the one that Yeshua sits on. We thank you that all the attacks of the enemy, not only in our own lives, but everything that has been going on for generation upon generation upon generation, that you have stopped at the cross. You've given us the weapons to break ourselves free. And now in this day, these last days, you are getting ready, the daughters of Zion. You are getting ready the children of Zion. And we rejoice in the marvelous work that you are doing in us, that you are doing within bride and you are doing on the earth. We loose the angelic hosts that are assigned to minister to us and are assigned to minister to Zion. So may the smith blow on the coals of fire and forge the weapon of warfare for the destroyer. And Father, by your spirit, may you send forth the destroyer to go forth into the heavens and now onto the earth to destroy the roots of Freemasonry which was birthed in Jerusalem. May that city of Babylon and any of its effects that was placed in our hearts that were tied to our spirit souls and bodies in our lifetime and the generations before be cut now with the mighty battle axe made of the heavenly elementals of the destroyer and may your people be able to run free upon your call come out of her my people come out of babylon We tear down all of the lies of Zionism and false Israel and the Antichrist. All of the covenants that have been hijacked and stolen. We ask that the destroyer would take down everything that is associated with us that we got connected to knowingly or unknowingly. We repent from any covenant agreement or oath made with the enemy, knowingly and unknowingly, that ties us all the way back to the city of Babylon. And we hear the cry of Zion. The cry for her children that you are manifesting in your people, even this morning. And we come running, willingly. And we rejoice in our gathering together with her. May we all stand and bow around the throne at the feet of Yeshua, who is the great light bearer that comes and frees us with his mouth of compassion. So may you lift our heads and may we kiss the sun. Set your people free, Father, and restore everything that the enemy has taken 100-fold. Prepare us for the last days that we would not be ashamed, that we would not be afraid of being different. Prepare us in our hearts to be holy as you are holy. Prepare this remnant people to be leaders in the earth, leaders in their community. That they would be forerunners, that they would forge ahead pathways for everyone else to come behind them. For we know that your sheep are lost. We know your sheep are confused. We know that they are wandering. We know that the enemy has sent false shepherds from its city Babylon that have done harm to the sheep that have not cared for your sheep that have fed the sheep with bad water and bad food that have scattered your sheep so like Phinehas standing in the gap for your people and was given the covenant of peace we stand in the gap and say enough and we take your staff and your rod and we go forth casting your net of salvation to gather your lost sheep around us we thank you for cory as an example spreading your word speaking with courage and ask that you would give him anointing for divine appointments that he would speak to many and many would come into repentance. I ask that you would pour out a spirit of evangelism upon him, that your word would be anointed and bring forth fruit. He would not do it in his own flesh, but he would do it by the power of your spirit. Father, I thank you for Dan and Christian. May you give them refreshing. They're wielding a machete, going through the jungle, and giving us space and footprints to walk behind. May they not go too far to the left or to the right, but may they do exactly and go where exactly where you want them to go. I thank you that you have sent forth the destroyer, that the cries of your people have heightened and have accumulated enough, where your people have had enough of the enemy. And you've heard every one of our cries. Your word says there are more with us than they are with them. And now we understand that no weapon that the city of Zion can form stand against us. For we are the children of Zion. Expose the enemy's plans. Execute righteous judgment. Extend mercy to the lost and the brokenhearted and those with contrite spirits. And as Isaiah said, we will prepare the way of our King. We will prepare the way of the Maker like a voice in the wilderness You are coming. We give you our lives. We give you our minds. We give you our souls. We give you our strength. Thank you for the work that you are doing in us. You will never leave us or forsake us, and you are the author and finisher of our faith. What a privilege
0: it is to serve the mighty God. In Yeshua's name, amen. You've just listened to Todd Talks here at Bride Ministries International. Be sure to visit our website at bridemovement.com. You can support us by leaving a donation. You can also check out our other offerings, such as our church. You can check out our institute. We offer prayer resources And of course, so much more.